Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Trigger warning. The following episode contains scenes of graphic violence, strong language, mentions of sexual assault, and suicide. Discretion is advised. I'm Danielle. I'm Max. And each Wednesday, we crack open a bottle of wine and dive into some thrills, chills, and spills. This is Innocent Till Tipsy. So last week, we kind of set up the start of the Rena Vert case. Um, definitely laid some groundwork. I feel like it was very, um, it's definitely like a very heavy case. There's a lot of moving parts, but I think it's important to understand her childhood and like teenagehood. All that background. In order to understand not why this happened, but kind of how this all kind of transpired. More context. Yeah, uh-huh. definitely. Um, and give some background as to like why she was feeling the way she was when with school and with friends and, and all of that and um, how she kind of ended up with the wrong crowd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as we were saying last time, Rena still has not been found. Um, she's been missing since that day in November. Let me just double check here. November 14th, 1997. Um, 14 years old and this is after she's been bullied you know constantly um, has been in and out of the foster care system um, has made up false allegations in order to be a part of the foster care system because she wanted out of her strict religious family home Um, and this is kind of where we are now and um, unfortunately no one was coming forward teachers even knew about it and weren't coming they had heard those rumors from kids and yeah just didn't but Rena's missing and they didn't yeah. put two and two together and before, they didn't want to come forward. Yeah. And before anyone says like, Oh, well they were just rumors. Well, my mother was a teacher and you like legally had to report like something sure. as serious as someone's been beat. Even to death. Be- yeah. I was going to say, even when kids get beat up, like that's yeah. yeah. So there, there was a responsibility there that was totally, totally ignored. Um, so at this point in time, from what we've read in our story, um, Rena is still currently missing. So meanwhile, there's also a 15-year-old boy who's been bragging in, about beating up a First Nations per- man, which First Nations in Canada, um, in, Indigenous people. I feel like here yeah. we, yeah, Native American, I think, is sure. more, yeah. Um, but he was bragging about beating up a First Nations kid over the weekend for Kelly Ellard, the girl that was bragging about killing Rena after that First Nations boy had tried to hit on Kelly. Little racist. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you like had to say that it was a First Nations kid that you're bragging about. Yeah. Beating up. No. So. Kids are a mess. But this was a way for him to explain away the dirt that he had on himself, as well as Kelly had been asked why she looked like she peed herself. Um, oh, because they were the like gorge water. They were a mess. Yeah, they looked they were, like a mess. Yeah. yeah. So that was how he explained it. Meanwhile, Kelly's like, I fucking beat this girl this weekend. You should have seen me like blah, blah, blah. Right. Jeez. Oh, yeah. So four days after Rena Verk disappeared, finally, a witness comes forward to the police. A kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, so all of all these, these teachers. Yeah. Well, all of these kids had like totally 
made this pact of like not telling anyone, you know, what they'd been up to that night. My teenage brains don't understand that somebody is missing <laughs> and dead. Yeah. And they don't want to say anything. Like, what the heck? So this girl comes forward and she says a girl in her group home had been bragging about killing Rena and that Rena's murder had been planned over months. Oh, wow. Yeah. And how long was she missing for before they, like, someone came forward? Four days. Yeah. So yeah. that's like a whole week of school, basically. Yeah. And at that point in time, of course, the police have only labeled Rena as a missing person. Yeah. So, yeah really crazy um just because of her track record you know um so rena had actually wanted to go home that evening she had wanted to leave this get together after the window had been broken um had definitely called home you know to let them know like i'm gonna definitely be home before my 11 o'clock curfew tonight she spoke with her brother spoke with her brother yes and but at that point her friends or who she thought were her friends nicole and nora linked arms with her and led her under the craig flower bridge the two girls that she thought were her, her friends intended for the following to happen. Nicole started the entire altercation by putting a lit cigarette out in the middle of Rena's forehead. It's a total hate yeah, crime. Hate crime. Yeah. Um, Which she's Jehovah's Witness, by the way. Yeah. Like, so that's so just super racist even to like even yeah. begin with anyways and inaccurately racist. Yeah. It's horrible. Horrible. Um, Rena was then swarmed um, by, there were eight people under the bridge at that point, um, but six of them swarmed her. They would eventually be called the Shoreline Six because of Canada's Young Offenders Act. The, their identities were protected. They were sealed, you know, um, by the court until they started outing themselves, you know, for their 15 minutes of fame because you have yeah. to do your television interviews and everything oh, after gosh, you do gross. something like this. Yeah. Um, Rena was kicked punch brutally beaten to the point one of the girls who was in a kickboxing class was like whoa she's had enough like we're done here you know so rena gets up to stumble away but according to everyone present two people followed her as we were saying kelly and warren had already been bragging in school about their altercations over that weekend um, concerning either rena or an indigenous man depending on who you asked um they had followed Rena, who had stumbled away across the bridge that she'd been beaten under. Uh, the motive for the assault on Rena, it really varies depending on who you ask. Some say she was spreading rumors about one of the girls after stealing her address book. Remember address books? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your little oh. planner. Yeah. Little- so according to them, Rena had stolen an address book and contacted, um, especially the boys on the list, with a bunch of lies. Um, some say she was trying to steal another girl's boyfriend. Um, had been flirting with him. Teen drama, none of it <laughs> worth yeah. murdering anyone. No. On. And some of them believe that it was just bullying and racism that was fueled by like violence. And I would agree with that aspect of things. Like the bullying just got totally out of hand and it was with a bunch of kids that wanted to be a part of a gang anyways. They're trying to like, yeah, be cool and prove themselves as like these crips and whatever. Yeah. Blogs, whatever they were to- and Majit would say, like, he kept thinking about, like, in the wild, you know, how a injured animal gets picked on by the hy- hyenas. That's mm-hmm. kind of, like, a good, almost, like, thought process to that. And also, like, there, it's a coward's act. To sure, Rena was an easy target. Very easy. Yeah. Um, and she wanted to be accepted, so she kind of tolerated, like, 
this bad behavior from friends, quote, air quotes. Yeah, I couldn't get into everything, of course, that Manjeet said in his book. I highly recommend you read it. It's an amazing book. Um, but he did say that, like, these people who she thought were her friends had been mistreating her for a while. Yeah. And her mother even at one point had said, well, why do you hang out with these people if they're being this horrible to you? You know? Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, you know, because I, you know, she wanted the friendship. Sure. She, she thought they were her friends. Um, and it's so weird too, cause you always think of those kids that don't have a loving home. They're kind of the kids that would gravitate towards this, but from all accounts, Suman and Manjeet had a very loving home. So it's very interesting. Um, this witness statement would finally be enough for the police to open up a criminal investigation in the disappearance of Raina Burke. Divers began searching the water in the gorge inlet, um, where that body had been reported to be. Um, Rena's jeans and underwear were eventually found there. Um, but no Rena and no DNA was left on either item because it'd been in the water. Because it'd been in the water. Yeah. And it's yeah. been a while too. Mm-hmm. Finally, on November 22nd, police take to the air in a helicopter. And within 15 minutes, they spot her. Yeah. Oh, wow. She was floating in two she, inches of water. She was there the whole time. There the whole time, tangled up in some reeds. Yuck. Yeah. So, so horrible. So according to how old was she? She was 14. 14? Okay. Horrible baby. Yeah. Had never like her father even said like she's forever a teen. Like yeah. she didn't ever get to grow up. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible. There were no witnesses to the murder of Rena Verk. However, there is the autopsy report and the account of Warren because Kelly doesn't give a fuck and won't. She won't speak. She didn't speak. Dumb bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you ever want to get frustrated at someone? Just like Kelly Allard, my guy. We'll get into her. But yeah. Warren says they initially just wanted to make sure that Rena would keep quiet about the beating. However, he would later testify that when he saw Kelly smile, he knew what she wanted. Was Warren like into Kelly? So that's he, what I Like rumors too. were that she, he beat up an indigenous man for Kelly. This is what like, was he into her? That's why that's what I was wondering. I was like, you have to be. And to me, I still kind of wonder if he was, however, he had a girlfriend at the time. Now we know that doesn't mean anything, especially in teen middle school. Sure. Yeah. So, but his girlfriend, she actually had gone with them to the initial party. And when things were broken up, she was feeling ill that evening. I don't think she had any idea of what was going to come. Cause there was about yeah. 20 kids at that party. And then eight of the them ended breaking up being middle school at party. The, yeah. yeah. Um, so she um, had actually been feeling unwell and Warren had offered to drive her home. And she says to this day, she'll always regret telling him she was fine and she would get herself home. Cause he would never have been there if he'd driven her home that night, the girlfriend, I she guess wasn't feeling well. like bad choices all around. Honestly, I mean, it wasn't, obviously it's not just like her, her fault. fault. I'm not saying it's her sure. fault at all, but still how different things might One have been. little choice. Yep. Yeah. Changed. Yep, A lot of things. Um, so they reportedly followed Rena and then said to her, we're not done. They removed her jacket and shoes. I'm unsure as to why they did that, but okay. Um, they continued assaulting her, beating her, hitting her over the head, hitting her tree, her head off a tree and even jumping on her chest and torso. Oh, so they were really, too. yeah. Mm-hmm. According to the autopsy report, the second attack was so vicious she would have died from the head injuries alone. They likened her injuries to what you would see on a person that died in a fatal car accident. Oh, awful. Horrible. Um, then according to Warren, him and Kelly started dragging Rena towards the water. 
When Rena was in the water, Kelly lit a cigarette, smoked it while she held Rena's head under the water with just her foot. That is so awful and brutal. And then their kids on top of it, like the brutality. Yeah. And the uncaring, the smoking, yeah, the, the coldness. Cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. And Warren said he watched her. Um, it was a full moon that night and he watched the foam bubbles of the inlet turn red. Oh, awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She knew uh, what she was doing. She knew what she was doing. And you said earlier, like in the earlier episode that she was planning, she'd been planning, like reportedly planning this. Yeah. I'm going to get into that a little bit later. It was her and a friend um, whose name has been released by vice.com. Um, whose name was Josephine Bell. I believe she was one of the shoreline six. She's not listed on the Wikipedia page as a shoreline six at all, but I believe she's like the sixth member of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just my personal belief, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's, they were talking about it on the phone, um, beforehand. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, it said that this was, this was a planned attack on Reina. Um, of course, Kelly has never admitted to that at all. We'll get into what she claims a little bit, um, here shortly. Um, when they had dragged her to the water, according to Warren, um, cause Kelly hasn't talked about what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Rena's pants and panties. That's when they fell off again. Doesn't make no one fucking really make sense, sense to me. No. Yeah. Um, just the same with the Josh Phillips case. Does yeah. I don't know that your pants and underuse just like fall off. No. So. And when her body was initially found, investigators thought she might've been raped. Yeah. I could not find anything that proved or disproved this. Um, so, and then she'd also been in the water for, Oh, I mean, she went missing on the 14th was found on the 22nd. Yeah. So DNA is probably sparse, but even so, even if it weren't a sexual assault, it's still like the shaming of aspect taking of doing the pants that. Yeah, panties off for sure. The autopsy would show a bruise of a shoe print on the back of Rena's head. So she held her for a long time, yeah, and, or like brutally, yeah, yeah. And um, gravel pebbles were found in Rena's stomach from the last gasp of air she was trying to take on the bottom of the ocean floor. All of that's so super sad. I know. Suman would have to go and identify her daughter while she was on the cold slab. Like, I just couldn't imagine at the point that Suman got there, her daughter's head was shaven because the investigators were trying to piece together the assault that had happened on her daughter um, and, you know, look at the injuries. Um, And Suman would later say, I just wanted to hug my baby, but I wasn't allowed to touch her since she was evidence. Oh, that's horrific. Awful. And later, um, when they went to cremate her, um, Suman screamed that she she just wanted, like, don't do this to my baby. But, like, it's just, it's horrible. And it makes, things like this make me wonder, when people do things like this, when you wipe someone else off the planet, do you not understand that you're not just wiping them off the planet? You're wiping hopes, dreams, other people's lives are destroyed. Well, look at, I mean, even... Even um, though you weren't related to Maddie Clifton in any way, just yeah. the, the entire community is affected. Yeah. And it's just really, it's wild to me that there's not like any other thought process other than we hated her. So we just, we wanted to get rid of her, but you're wiping away so much. Um, it's just, it's wild to me. But let's talk about all the court battles that would last fucking years. Cause this, this seems clean cut. It does. Cut and it dry. seems pretty like, like battles over what you've got teenagers too. Like they're already confessing within the week of like the murder. So yeah. I'm pretty sure this is like a battle pretty, over. Right. Mm. Okay. So back to the technical terms again, the Canadian young offenders act, which over the years has evolved into the Canadian youth justice act. Basically this permission provision. Wow. 
was made um, so you could be criminally held responsible for any laws broken in the criminal code in Canada as young as 12. So we're trying to hold children like accountable, right? This act is also why the Shoreline 6 was called the Shoreline 6, protecting these young offenders and their identities from the public. I would argue that this does not protect the public at all, but the offenders, especially when it comes to sexual assault Mm -hmm. and murder. And the act was highly criticized at the time for being too lax on offenders that were involved in crimes like sexual assault and murder. Um, The max sentence at the time in 1996 was 10 years for a child that was found guilty of these crimes. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And is that like supposed to be rehabilitative? I can't say that word. Um, It's supposed to help them like... Why are they protecting? I understand why I mean, in America, why we juvie. like, yeah, like yeah. why we hide or seal records of juveniles and things, but yeah, they just go to juvie with the hopes of like, they'll get out and they'll like be better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know. Broken here, broken there. Yeah. So three girls that participated in the, the first assault, they pleaded guilty. The other three went to trial. So in the end, the shoreline six who are now known to be Nicole cook, Missy Grace, Grace Plush, Nicole Patterson, Courtney Keith, and Gail Ooms, who has since passed. And I believe the last one is Josephine, who was a close friend of Kelly. Because she didn't plead. She was. Um, so Josephine, I don't know why her name isn't listed like on the Wikipedia page, but if you go to vice.com, there's an article. I can link it um, in the description where it talks about the close friendship of um, Kelly Ellard and Josephine Bell. Mm-hmm. And Josephine was on the phone with Kelly beforehand talking about like her the, her mother overheard her talking about digging a girl's grave oh so um, that's yeah I, I i believe she was there this is just my belief um these girls ended up serving anywhere between as little as 60 days to the maximum of a year for their participation in the murder of rena verk and they yeah that's a lot. They participated a lot, a lot more than 60 days. Yeah. So this worth. is really fun. Um, fun is sarcastic. But Nicole Cook, one of the Shoreline Six, who was one of the closest friends of Rena Verk, friends, quote unquote, um, outed her name when she did an interview with MSNBC. She had been the one that had started the attack, the one that put her lit cigarette yeah. out on Rena's um, forehead. During her interview with MSNBC for a documentary called Bloodshed Under the Bridge, she seemed totally shocked at the idea that her actions had anything to do with the subsequent murder of Rena. Totally shocked. Um, She's just trying to absolve herself of the guilt. Yeah. I guess. Keith Morrison then asked, well, would the murder have ever happened if you hadn't started the fight by burning her face with your cigarette? And Cook replied with, I don't know, maybe. No. Come on. Like, you're an adult now. And not even just the burnout cigarette, but now that we know they linked arms with Rena when Rena had wanted to go home, Mm -hmm. if Rena had gone home that night, would she be dead? No. Like, it's so wild to me that you don't. So we're letting these young offenders out and there's no accountability. Accountability. Everyone's just like, no. Yeah. So crazy to me. So Kelly and Warren, um, because the shoreline sex done taken care of, Kelly and Warren would be tried as adults um, for the murder of Rena Verk. Um, Warren had his first trial um, where his defense team made it seem like he was this totally innocent bystander, someone who was trying to stop Kelly and not an active participant. Meanwhile, the Crown prosecutor poked holes in all of the story, saying that he was lying even about Kelly's involvement and that he and the other girls had actually killed Rena. 
So it's totally like turning his story on his head. Hmm. That Kelly hadn't even been there since he was the only one that could place her at the murder of Rena Virk. To which it's like, no, Kelly placed herself at the murder of Rena Virk by bragging and also yeah. by calling herself Killer Kelly in the halls of school because that's what she was called herself. Oh my gosh. She's really cool. I want to be friends with her. She's so cool. Ew. Yeah, disgusting. Whatever. Um, as to why Warren was involved with Rena's murder, we may never know. Um, so to that point, like, yeah, I was like, why, why would he want in on this? Right. Especially when it's all girls that are part of this, like, Oh, big, tough gang guy. Like, I don't like, I don't know. His home life wasn't good growing up. His mother was an alcoholic and eventually his father would leave due to this. Um, he idolized the Crips, which the gang based out of LA, which was interesting to me because his father, when he would leave his mother, eventually moved to Los Angeles and he didn't go, Warren with his, didn't go with his dad. Yeah. Why the fuck didn't you go with your dad? My guy, you want to no. join the Crips? Well, cause he doesn't really want to join the exactly. Crips. He's like 14. He's like 15. It's so cool. <laughs> Anyways. And yeah. So, and then like, again, his girlfriend wasn't Kelly at all. So why, why participate with her in this crime? Street cred. Seriously, like trying to prove himself to nobody, but still. This episode Sad. is full of so many rolling eyes. Because I I'm know. Just like, if you these can't kids see us, so... we're just rolling eyes, air quoting it up. Like, oh, yeah. so sarcastic because it's so ridiculous, but it's teenage like thinking. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's the, it, yeah. The way you don't like, Fully process things, I guess. In the end, Warren was sentenced to the maximum for young offenders in Canada, convicted of second-degree murder, which is a murder charge of you weren't intentionally planning it. I don't think Warren was initially on in on the planning, plan. right? Yeah, and life in prison, no possibility of parole for seven years. Big whoop, right? Um, during his time in prison, this is a little laughable to me, Warren discovered he was Métis, which is a part of the indigenous community. Oh, oh my gosh. How the turntables have turned yeah. to quote Michael Scott and you being a racist little shit. Yeah. And uh, now you're part of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But now he's able to reap the benefits of being a Métis person. No, so it's not okay. Mm-hmm. So he is now able to take advantage of the restorative justice programs that are offered um, to people of indigenous culture, including incorporating his um, elders in the process and utilizing healing circles, which ended up being good for Warren. If there's any person out of this that I think really wanted to turn their life around, I would say it was Warren. Um, he wanted to meet with the Verks. Wow. I know. So they set up a meeting. Um, yeah, they had this whole, uh, they, they chatted, you know, well, chatted. He apologized, you know, profusely, sure. of course, um, for his participation and explained how he was trying to change his life around and um, everything. And um, they actually were very, um, like Manjeet said, he would have never talked to Warren ever if Warren hadn't put his hand out and said he wanted to like apologize. Yeah. It's not for Manji to go chase him down. No. Um, and they almost built, I wanted to say a relationship, but Manjeet said in the book, it wasn't necessarily a relationship, more of like kind of an understanding yeah. on things. Um, so the Virk said when they met with him, they no longer saw the angry teenager they had initially seen, um, coming out of like the murder of their daughter and Warren said that meeting them changed him forever, saying that if he had had a daughter, like now looking back, and she had been murdered like Rena had been, he would be seething with anger. 
But because Manjeet had told him instead to go out and do good with his life, that to make meaning of his daughter's death, mm-hmm. that that just like meant the world to him. So Warren was released on parole in 2010. He's out now. Um, during this hearing, Simon hugged him and Rena's father shook his hand. I just like want to give them a big like gold star, a big hug because they have just been stand up people from the very beginning. I know doing their best and just like it like makes me emotional. Odds. I know thinking about it because I'm like I could never. I would be like like they are such saints for being able to be like okay, you're gonna like make something of your life. Yes, mm-hmm. do good. Now this was not the stance they took at all with Kelly, but well, Kelly's not remorseful. Kelly's, Kelly, not, Kelly's not taking any accountability no. for anything. So so let's get into what happened with Kelly or who she now goes by Carrie Marie Sims. <laughs> Carrie Marie says throwing it out there just to let you know, um, because we got to change our names because we got to protect ourselves, whatever. So Kelly has been defiant since her initial questioning. Honestly, Kelly's been defiant her whole life. She was one of those kids that was like just a piece of shit in class, like fucking yelling, whatever. Um, she reportedly had a very happy home life, although her father wasn't present. That's never really been explained as to where he went, but she had a good home life with her mom. Hmm. I don't know why she's not an excuse. No, she grew up in the view Royal community, which is a pretty good community. Um, but Kelly was interested in things like from the get go that a lot of teenagers, I feel like aren't. So she was really into serial killers, um, the mafia. And she bragged about dating members of the Crips. Yeah. She's like really trying to be hard. Kelly, Killer mm-hmm. Kelly. My favorite though, is she had this dream to be the first female hitman at hitman. And um, I'm sorry, but like the first female hitman reportedly, supposedly was Charlotte Corday. So she already beat her to it um, in 1793. But (laughs) do your research, Kelly. Are you stupid? Like, obviously, you're not the first female hitman. Like, and you shouldn't be like trying. 1997. My God. (laughs) (laughs) But you shouldn't be trying to emulate that either. I know. What is wrong with you? Uh, Anyways. Uh, in Keller, Kelly's locker was found disturbing drawings of dismembered bodies. Oh my God, red flags. And I'm sorry, like, I know it's not teacher's responsibility, parents' responsibility. Like, there's a lot of, like, checks and balances here, but mm. someone get this girl help. Like, red flag right? city. Yeah, yeah, she's a child, so, like, get her some help. Like, what the heck? So Kelly was friends with another girl, Josephine Bell, who I mentioned earlier a couple but times. But wait, she was in the system, right? No, she was not. She, oh, she, she was with her mom. Oh, yeah. yeah. So she was, she was like, I have no idea like what got into this girl's head. I know. Yeah. But you, you, we don't know what happened with her father too. Like I couldn't find anything on that. So, so who knows, to be honest, like, you know, there might've been a lot of it's trauma Kelly there. and Kelly's alone responsibility. I know she was a child. So like, yeah, yes, others could have also stepped in, but to be fair, like I've been really violent, like I've been really rude about this child, but like, it will make sense because she has not been a good adult either. We're going to, we're, yeah, I'm judging the adult, not judging the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Judging yeah. The when, when I've been like dissing this child, it's not the child I'm judging. It's, as an adult, she has not yeah. fixed herself in the least. Absolutely. Um, so Kelly was friends with this other girl, um, Josephine Bell, that I mentioned, and the girl that Rena reportedly stole the address book from. Found this out from Vice.com, that article that I was talking about. Um, according to Josephine, uh, rumors had started to be spread by Rena about Josephine having AIDS and fake eyebrows. Normal things you'd kill someone over. Um, 
<laughs> we both have fake eyebrows. Yeah, I have my eyebrows tattooed on. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Thank you, microblading. <laughs> um, a few days. I feel like anyone in the early two thousands has their eyebrows tattooed I- on at this point. <laughs> I know because we all tweeze and pluck too thin. Oh they man, like those nineties eyebrows on our heads, and they were we had never to bring equal. them back. And people are like, "Oh, I think the little eyebrows are coming back," and I'm like, "No, it's too late. Too late. Ours are tattooed on." <laughs> um, so. A few days before murdering Rena, Belle, and this is like, it's just so much. That's why I sigh. It's just a lot. So a few days before murdering Rena, Belle's mom overheard her on the phone with Kelly talking about digging some girl's grave, as I mentioned earlier. She was reported by some to be sociopathic and even had possibly held a knife to another classmate's neck. All the warning signs. What is wrong? Oh, to be a teacher at this school. Shit. There's like problems left and right i know but then wait it gets worse okay so eerily just three and i'm smiling but it's because i just can't believe this is like it's out of sheer shock it's not because mm-hmm. i'm like wow Mm-mm. what a time um so eerily just three months before rena was killed kelly and another schoolgirl had lured a classmate into the woods what and attempted to set her hair on fire what what is wrong with these kids? I don't know, my guy. Like, it's oh. weird. Like, why would you think? So, Kelly was never charged for this. Like, at all, okay? That's, and, a, like, more than assault. Like, that's horrible. That's, like, we could, if if we knew the full picture, like, in talking about, like, the foster care system in the last episode, if we know the full picture, it's, like, holy fuck, of course this was, like, the, this the next This is building. Step. This is yeah. building. Escalating. Yeah, yeah. Um, before even being arrested, like for the Rena Burke murder, she was acting like a total bitch. Um, during the interrogation, she would, she would say things like, I'm a girl. I never thought women got arrested for murder. What? Yeah. She and wants to be like equality for all hitmen, And then she's like, but don't charge us with murder. Well, exactly. women, Cause I'm a woman. Like, well, no. she said, she's like, that doesn't seem very ladylike. And the investigator on the case was like, well, I don't think you want to be very ladylike. He like, yeah, literally said that like calling her. her out. Like, <laughs> like my guy, <laughs> what does this have to do with anything by the way? Like, yeah, yeah, no, you did it. Own it. And when they were like waiting to be questioned, she was like laying on her mom's lap at one point and the investigator was talking to her mother and kind of just explaining, we're trying to figure out what happened to a girl that was named Rena Verk at, at Kelly's school. Like they were yeah. just trying to figure things out yeah. at that point. Right. And at that point, Kelly announced very loudly in the room, Rena, I thought her name was Trina and then yawned. Oh yeah. That's horrible. So she even suggested at that point that maybe someone had kidnapped Rena after they'd beat her. Like she didn't know what happened to Rena after they'd had that first initial beating. Can you imagine I'm eye rolling? That? I know you can't see this because it's just yeah. And you've got parents that are concerned about at that point they hadn't found you know Rena. Uh-huh. They're concerned about their child's well being, and you're gonna lie to to police and tell them like, oh well, maybe she was kidnapped after we did absolutely that. like not only not cooperating but just like throwing up dust to just like be a total asshole yeah yeah just like such a problem child um she hadn't done much better for herself in prison like to be honest announcing to everyone that she was only acting well for them right now because she had a trial that she had to go to after she was going to wreak havoc on the whole prison so like you just wait once we're done this trial and i'm still here you're gonna get fucked up awesome 
Um, so a year after Warren's initial trial in 2000, Kelly finally went to trial. Her lawyer having it moved about an hour away from where the crime happened, of course, so she could get a fair um, trial because this was, of course, a polarizing crime, right? I mean, obviously, I'm pissed about Kelly, so I can't imagine how people felt that lived yeah, there during that time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, and of course, she's entitled to a fair trial. I'm not sure. Yeah, Yeah. no. But um, during the trial, they tried to get Warren to testify, but unfortunately, he feared that inmates would be mad at him for ratting, and he was really scared for his own well-being in prison, so he didn't come forward at that point in time. Don't worry, though. They have enough on her. Well, we're only at the first trial, so don't worry. (laughs) Um, She was doing the right thing, Warren, but I mean, Kelly's dug a deep hole for herself anyways. She has. Um, so she was found guilty of the for in the first trial of second degree murder, life in prison with no possibility for parole for five years. Less than Warren. Five years? Who didn't murder Rena. I know. And yeah, she was so cold and so callous in five years. Yeah. So um, this is what the judge reasoning was on this. this is that the max he could have given her? No, the max was seven. That was what, that was what Warren got. Warren got the max. Warren, right, right, right. The, seven. The seven. Yeah. So she got fucking more. five. Oh, so get this though. Why would he give her any leniency? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so get this. This is the reasoning. And it was a one. I, I believe it was a woman judge. I believe. Maybe I'm just making that up in my head. But she said she was young. Um, Kelly was young. Mm-hmm. Kelly was intelligent and she came from a wonderful family. She loved animals and had never shown a history of being violent at all. All right. Well, none of that helped her. Clearly, also, that's like, laughable. To this point. Cause she does have a history of violence. She might've held a knife to someone. She's trying to like girl's hair's on fire. Fucking lit a girl's hair on fire. Try to. I think those quantify as violence. That's violent. That's not like a little, like, but she was nice to animals. Okay. Like lots of people love animals. Yeah. What? It's this judge thinking. I'm sorry. I'm trying to think what serial killer was it that like really liked animals there? Oh, Carla. Carla Homolka. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, they're like, but she loved She animals. was a vet tech. She loved animals. Yeah. She was horrified. Like, when well, her- we'll steal the med- yeah, we'll steal medicine. And yeah. Like, yeah. No. Yeah, we'll steal medicine. And then like Paul. Like, like, we want her animals. We'll hurt people. Well, Paul did kill their pet. This is such a side note. I'm now on Paul Bernardo and Carla Homoka. But Paul did kill their pet iguana in front of Carla, which is horrific. And she was like. To so, test her. To see. Yes. Yeah. To see if she would like. Yeah. Yep. I love it. <laughs> so, but just because Carla cared about that iguana did not mean that Carla didn't care about the girl. Well, that he more importantly, into she house. doesn't care about people. Didn't so, care about people. Okay. Yeah. So anyways. Whatever. So this was not the end of the trials for Kelly or Carrie, we should say, because fuck. Anyways, um, in 2003, her lawyer would appeal the sentence because like Manjeet said in the book, I loved it. It was such sauce. He was like, but I guess like even that lenient sentence of like five years wasn't good enough for Kelly's lawyer because she soon appealed. And I was like, fuck, yes. Oh, <laughs> and give that sass yep. because like, my God. Um, so she would actually be released on bail um, during this appeal. Oh, yeah. Um, because of how she had been questioned during her first trial, that was what the appeal was based on. So she's she's out. She's totally released. Okay, oh, on bail. She didn't even serve five. That's no. awful. And she's she's waiting for her her next trial. But of course, what does she do while she's while she's out on uh, on bail? I'm guessing she didn't help anybody or 
She I, assaulted someone else. Oh my God. <laughs> Causing bodily harm. Why are we surprised? I know. I was going to say like, why would anyone be surprised? Like this has continually been building. This is a pattern of behavior. Shit person. Yeah. She's been doing this the whole, hi- yeah. her whole high school career and getting away with it. And now she's gotten away with it again. So of course she's well, going to Well, of out. course, like, I mean, and this only reinforces that behavior. They're like, oh, you did it. You got away with it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So like the white trash that she was, sorry, but seriously, she's out in the park drinking with her friends, which I feel like would have been a violation of her parole or bail anyways because aren't you not you're supposed to abstain i'm pretty sure but maybe it depends on certain people anyways maybe you should just keep out of trouble yeah like while you're out on bail you would think i don't think she can so she's drinking at a park with one of her friends when they attacked a 58 year old woman who they had invited to drink with them at this park whatever this is mind-boggling i know so back in prison she goes waiting for the next trial because they're like i guess you can't why did they assault this woman so i'm not sure details on that what the reasoning was but i do know that rena so when rena was murdered kelly had kind of blocked her path for her to like leave to go home um not the initial time but like when after she'd been beaten yeah and she did the same thing to this woman reportedly like kind of blocked her way so she couldn't get away from the two of them which i thought was interesting that that was like something that was noted that she had done yeah it's like an mo like mm. this is just how she knows like she just keeps doing the same behavior yeah yeah um so but i'm not entirely sure it's honestly hard sometimes to find out um with canadian crimes they don't always report everything so it's hard to find like what happened well, but if you know also was she a juvenile still when no, she, she was in her the, 20s oh by then okay mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure um, but yeah, if you know why she did this to this woman, just like drop it in the comments. Let us know. Because I, I would love to know. In the articles that I read, I couldn't find like an actual mm-hmm. like civil reason for just what. Just wondering. Although it's the same with the Rena's murder. Like why the fuck would why? you do there's that? Not, yeah, there's, no, like, oh, there's no reasonable explanation. She was hitting on a boy or she like was spreading rumors. Okay. Talk about it. I Like, I don't, anyways. So she wasn't on her best behavior that next Clearly. Time. So clearly. So she made toothbrush shanks. That what? she hoarded. So she had like the stack of like shanks that she made out of toothbrushes. Um, she got addicted to crystal meth. They found cocaine in her cell. Oh my gosh, this girl. She wanted her cellmate moved. Um, she just found her annoying. That was like the reasoning as to why. And when they refused, she said she was going to assault the girl if they didn't move her. I mean, this girl's got a stash of tooth- toothbrush shanks. Like, yeah. So this time, <laughs> Warren chose to testify against... Kelly, finally. On her appeal. Yeah. Okay. Good. He, he basically did it, I believe, because of the Burks. Like, that was why he went... Um, Part of the restorative justice process, he's already, like, started to try to make amends. Try and, to make things better. Yeah, mm-hmm. and heal, you know? Um, so other witnesses had gone as well. And that's something that Manjeet said about the following trials. Um, majority of the people that did this to Rena, they all showed signs of, like, trying to make things better because... They were going and trying to witness, you know, to get Kelly convicted and trying to tell the full story when Kelly wasn't telling the full story. Yeah. So that was very helpful. One witness saying that Kelly had bragged about finishing Burke off. One witness um, that wouldn't testify, though, was Kelly's friend, Josephine, that we talked about. Um, When her mother talked to her about it, she said, do I look like I have a tail? Wow. Oh, sass. Sass. (laughs) If I said that to my mom, I feel like I was never beat, but I feel like she would have smacked me across the fucking face. (laughs) She would have been like, what the Uh, fuck? Excuse you? (laughs) What did you just say to me? Do I look like I have a tail? Um, And initially when police told Josephine that Kelly had ratted her out, um, Josephine reportedly told them, we don't talk about murder. We just talk about cigarettes and makeup. We don't talk about violence. 
Excuse me. Yeah. Whatever, girl. No. So during that trial, um, Rena's jacket had actually been found in one of the girls in the group home in her um, closet. So they were really good at hiding this crime. I'm interested in understanding too, like why did they make her take her jacket off and her boots? I would like Just to wondering. know. I feel like it's humiliation is what I think it was. Cause it's the only reason I can see. Uh, Cause just to like force her like to yeah. submission to do something or something. I don't know. Just wondering. It's weird. But Rena's jacket had been salt stained, of course, from the Gorge waterway. Yeah. So that's like, that's, you know, a mix of like salt water and everything um, had police and they had found it. Right. So the crown pulls it out like during the prosecution. Mm-hmm. They're like in trial. Yeah. It's like supposed to be this shocking thing. So Kelly breaks down and she's like, you got what you want. Does this make you happy? I'm going to jail forever. Okay, first off, stop being overdramatic because you're in Don't Canada. Be a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, so you're not. <laughs> no one's feeling sorry for you. You're not the victim. Well, here. I was just shocked by that. What? I literally, like, when I listened to that, um, I was like, okay, but you're not really, right? Because, like, I just talked on my TikTok about Vince Lee, the man who did the Greyhound bus killing. Yeah. And he brutally murdered this man, beheaded him, and ate parts of him. And he is now a free man now with no criminal record. I know. So... You're going to be fine. Like, girl, you were a juvenile. Like, you I weren't even really... a max of, looking at a max of like five years. Yeah. Like, chill. and you appealed that. Yeah. So, like, why are you so concerned about for yourself? Pity party. Like, my God. So with this court case, she ended up with a hung jury. I know. I'm sorry. Audible sigh. I know. So 11, I, I had listened to something that said that they weren't sure what the jury had come up with. But in Manjeet's book, he says that it was actually 11 guilty and one found one didn't know. So that was like what the, the hang Enough up to was hang the jury. Sure. Yeah. So off to a third trial in 2005, we're like almost a decade and later. Her poor parents. Oh my God. You know, like going through all these trials, like lack of accountability. Just we'll, we'll get into what they were fucking going through during this because it wasn't just this. Oh no. So like during all this, sometimes Manjeet didn't even like, show up to the trial because there was just so much going on, but we'll get into like why that is. So just put a pin in that. Um, we're off to the third trial. Everyone had to come back again for this nonsense. She, she was convicted at this point for life and for seven years. So the max penalty she could have gotten event like initially. Right. Um, until parole. And of course, um, this accounts for time served. So she's already I was like, like she's served. in this take like seven years at this point already. Like, mm-hmm. This is like wasting everyone's time. Oh, but wait, it's appealed again in 2008. Um, Rena's killed in 97. So we're over a decade now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like this yeah. took everyone, like this is already, it's a shit show. So reasoning was this time that the judge didn't instruct the jury properly and what they needed to do. That's why they got hung. The first, the third, second, whatever, whatever yeah. trial. Yeah. So during her time in prison, because she'd already been convicted that after the hung jury, she was convicted of the full amount with the seven years. I know yep, it gets yep, confusing. Yep. I was like, so we were like, I was like, we're like five years, retry, hung jury, then seven years. Yeah. And now we're appealing this as well. All right. So okay. on number four. Yeah. Because the jury didn't know what the fuck they were doing because of the judge. So um, June 2009, her convictions upheld. We're done now with the trials. Excellent. But during her time in prison, <laughs> what did she do now? 
Well, she, you know, wanted to become pen pals with someone. So she Gross. started chatting away with this man named Darwin, who was also a fellow convict and had known gang ties because we love them gang members. Great choices. Yeah. Good time. He's also an addict. Um, so she's got a cute new boyfriend as well. Super, super nice. So she starts pen paling with this guy named I can't Darwin. believe this jury got like, I mean, I know like not everything's admissible in court. Kim yeah, is a different system. But like, she is not well behaved. Like, I can't believe she got any leniency. I can't believe that initial judge was like, wow, she like seems like she's a, a good person. She comes from a good home. Yeah. Oh, I spilled. <laughs> um, but like, yeah. It's not helping her. No. So anyways, he's also an addict. That, that was where I paused because I was like, shit. She's an addict. She's an addict as well. So that's why I put that in there. Because yeah. I was like, oh, that's that's a good sign for a mess. Um, so good for her. Um, she got a new boyfriend. They were allowed to have conjugal visits. So awesome. Well, so in 2016, it was broken to the press that she was pregnant with their first child. Because they'd eventually have two together. Oh. Yeah. I have so many opinions that I can't even say on this. <laughs> Because no, and I just feel like that child's born into like a shit show. Well, it, what's even worse is because of the provisions in Canada for the for the prisons, she mothers can raise their children in prison, and that's why it's like this child is literally yeah born into the middle of like a shit storm that they oh just crazy yeah. So these children are be were raised there. Um, even allowed to take them out to the doctors on day releases. So cool. Um, parole hearings. And I'm not judging the system. Like I understand that there's like good that can come out of that. Like trying oh, of course. to keep mothers but with she's babies not trying to better herself. Yeah. That's the, that's what's being like commented yeah. on here that like why she gets all this leniency and why she gets to like, just go on with her life and raise her kids. Like, and she's now using them in my opinion as a prop. Cause she's now said yeah. that since she's had these children, she's, changed her opinion on things, but she hasn't because we'll get into that in the parole hearing, but she has come forward and, and saying that. And I will say the Ferks are a saint because Suman was quoted at one point of being like, I hope for her child's sake. Yeah. She is changing because good God, you know? Um, but at the parole hearing, cause of course she comes up for parole. I didn't write down the year, but I mean, it got, it was only seven years. She had to wait, you know? Yeah. So she comes up for parole finally admitted to some involvement in Rena's murder, but she claimed she never held Rena underwater. She had just dra- dragged her to the water because she wanted to splash her face water on her face to like wake her up. Cause she was unconscious at that point. You can't chalk this up to a good deed. No girl. <laughs> like, I'm like, what the fuck? You're no. going to splash water on her face. No, you're not trying to help her out. Please. She had gravel in her stomach. Like I don't and boot print on her skull. No. Doesn't match the autopsy, so sure, Jan. Anyways, of course, the Verks um, had mixed feelings on this whole thing and um, the grant of additional freedom because at this point in time, she had started receiving day parole. And as of this date right now, Miss Kelly Ellard or Carrie Marie Sims has spent more time out on day release than she has in actual prison for the murder of Rena Verk. Yeah, she did not serve time. I'm not sorry. Not in any like meaningful way. No, not at all. Um, and concerning this parole hearing, the Verks did have, you know, um, especially Suman, she had some things to say, of course, and they don't have any involvement, obviously, in this, like, and saying they can just go and give, like, their testimony of how the murder affected them, what sure, it's done to sure, their family. Sure. Um, understandably, she hasn't taken full accountability for her actions, so they were rightfully concerned about her future releases 
how much freedom she has currently. She still sounds dangerous. Yeah. And so Simone had this to say. Um, it's disappointing that uh, Kelly is allowed to go out and move around in, outside of the prison. Um, and it's uh, very disappointing the fact that she was even able to have a child while being incarcerated. Uh, Suman, did did you have any say at all during uh, this process as to whether she could uh, be released? No, no. Uh, The decision is entirely up to the parole board. Well, you know, um, I think uh, there's not really much you can do or say in this kind of circumstances as a victim of crime because it's the, the, all the power lies with the parole boards. And so um, you know, as a victim, you're completely helpless. And uh, so nothing that's happened surprises me because it seems like, you know, Kelly's getting everything she wants, you know, um, starting with getting a conjugal visit with her boyfriend. And then now having a child, so I don't understand the rational of the parole board or the justice system as is as it is. Um, I believe that you know once you are a convicted killer, you should not have the same privileges as other members of society. Oh man! So yeah, <laughs> so much to unpack there. Couple things. Yeah, I can't believe how much Kelly looks like uh, whatever the equivalent of Canadian soccer mom is, hockey mom. Like she just looks looks so Karen kind of. Yeah, she looks like a Karen. Like she looks so normal. Like she's just, and I think it's her arrogance. Like even in just watching those clips of her, she's like shushing the media and just like trying to control the situation. She just looks. She holds her head so high. You can tell. She just looks so arrogant. Yeah. Like she knows she got away with it. She's going to keep getting away with it. She's going to keep doing bad behavior and it's she's dangerous. Yeah. I mean, and um, like just major kudos to Suman for just holding her own head high in her own way because she's like basically acknowledging that she doesn't have a say in it. Mm-hmm. She's trusting the process, even though she knows it's broken and she just doesn't have a say in it. And yeah. that's what she keeps reiterating is like, nothing she can do yeah it's so crazy to me like how much is of course it's out of the victim's hands and that's why when the when the interviewer keeps asking like what would you want to say in it it's like i shouldn't have to have a say in it like i think kelly's actions should work yeah have enough to say with it and yeah the justice system should work it should do what it's supposed to do but it's it's not you know and like if she was rehabilitated like warren then of course she should be able to have her family and everything but why is she in prison able to get conjugal visits, able to raise her children in prison, able to get these five day release? Because at this point in time, she's not she, rehabilitated. No. And she's, she's like out and about. Yeah. She's currently allowed out of jail five days a week. So what's, what's the point anymore? Like, you know, I don't know. So in 2000, the Virk family sued not only the girls, but they also sued the teachers who reportedly knew at the time the school district. Okay, finally. Yeah, yes. that's what I was saying. Like, they knew and they should have reported they long have. before that 
girl came forward. Yeah, and that's like their, part of their responsibility. Now, everywhere I saw it kept saying, oh, it's not reported as to what happened to this. Like, Because honestly, in Canada, civil suits work a lot differently than in the United States. We don't really sue. Like oh, down here, it's kind of like the joke. Everyone that, sues over everything. It's happy, right? Yep. Um, so um, according to Manjeet's book, though, the suits were dropped because in February 2008, it was decided by the courts that the case had taken an inordinate, uh, inordinate amount of time. Inordinate amount. I can't talk, but you Inordinate know. amount Thank of you. time. <laughs> yes. Which is funny to me and to Manjeet because um, Kelly Ellard's trial was one of the longest criminal trials in Canadian history. Yeah. So how come she got as much time as she fucking wanted, but for his civil suit? They're like, nah, too long. Yeah, it's going to take too long. It's also kind of against the Canadian government, so. So, yeah, they're not, like, going to be pursuing that. I get it. So they didn't even get a day in court. It was just dismissed. So, to that point, the Canadian government just continually contradicted itself concerning this case. So traveling back in time, less than 18 months after Rena was murdered, Manjeet got a call in the middle of the night. His little sister had been murdered by her husband. They have just been through so much. Less than 18 months after Rena was killed. So in front of her youngest son, no less, she'd been stabbed 16 times. Oh, that's brutal and horrific and horrible, this family. So, But now Manjeet's nephews have nowhere to go. They have no home, right? And he asked his other sister about housing them, but she couldn't. And he said he couldn't because they just lost Rena. They were yeah. still dealing with that. 18 months. Yeah. So the boys went with him, and he found that interesting. Let me read you a little excerpt from his book about that noise. It was a bittersweet pill for me. I was now a caring and capable parent for my nephews, yet I had been considered a bad parent for Rena when she was removed from our home by the same ministry. Yeah, they're like, here, take the boys. And then they're like, but you can't have your own daughter. Yeah. 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 Absolutely crazy. And... Like, speaking to this, there was also an investigation as to how the ministry had handled Rena's, like, you know, taking of her and everything like that. Um, And he couldn't wait to get his hands on that, like, of why she was removed from their home. What did the investigation show? Because, like he said, if she'd never met Nicole or Nora maybe none of this would have happened, you know? Mm-hmm. So, cause they weren't in like the same the groups or anything like that. So like, what did the findings find? If she hadn't been removed from her own home, maybe, you know, none of this would happen. So to that point, excuse me. Yeah. All the way back to up. the initial investigation against him. Yeah. So, um, this is actually what the investigation on her being held like by CPS was or British Columbia yeah. CPS was. Um, at the end, it said, the focus was on the youth and her special needs rather than a complete assessment of the family's functioning with the youth as a part of it. Because they didn't even look, they didn't even investigate into the family at all. Right, whether he was guilty of these charges or, or not. And they not were just even just to do. that, they yeah. just removed Rena completely from the home, even after the physical, just the merely the physical, you know, altercation, which, yes, the child should be removed from the home, but there should also be an investigation laid into the family, especially when you have other children in the household. Oh, Yeah. So why, like, it doesn't make any sense. And there's even a quote from it that said, there is no sense that any form of justice can repair what happened concerning Rena's murder. So I guess we're just going to leave it as that, at that, according to the Canadian well, government. we can't do anything about it, so just leave it. Yeah. <sighs> so the Verks have dedicated their lives to anti-bullying. Um, they have traveled to schools all across of Canada, expressing that if Rena had had one true friend, she would still be alive today. 
Oh, again, like gold star for them, just being like stand up people, just making yeah. the best out of the worst, worst, worst. I know. And like the point too of like just one person can change something, mm-hmm. you know, like that's really powerful. Um, they even had a DVD made for the schools that they couldn't make it to, you know, to do oh, yeah. almost the same thing like a showing. Yeah. yeah. And Warren was a part of it. I guess that's why the restorative justice process is like there to like, yeah, try to make things easier. I yeah. just think it's amazing that he like agreed and, and was helpful with it and everything. Um, horribly though, another tragedy would strike the Virk family in 2018. Simon passed away from a choking accident. A choking accident. I know. Oh my gosh. They yeah. Withstood so much. So much. So much. I'm unsure as to where Manjeet is now. I know before when they were writing this book, and I think this book was released around 2008 or so, because this was actually before Kelly's fourth trial, that this was released and the day they had it put into review or published, she was announced that she would have a fourth trial, which is fucking ridiculous. But um According to this book, they were still living in the family home that Rena had been in, um, like March and um, November hard months for them because it marked Rena's birth and her death. You know, Fridays horrible mm-hmm. days for them because that was when Rena never came home. Um, but yeah, and he also did have Rena had a lovebird that they had gotten her when she didn't fit in, named Smooch. Um, that they carried Smooch and Manjeet took Smooch as his own pet after Rena died and he Mm -hmm. felt it was his only physical connection on this earth to his daughter Mm -hmm. Um, and um, she Smooch was 12 when this book was written those birds live to be about 14 oh yeah Uh, it's been a while but he talks several times in this book about how sad he'll be when the bird goes because it's like his last connection to Rena you know Um, But the last thing I saw of him, so I know from here he said that he did sit on the board of directors for the Foster Parent Support Service Society. So that's cool that he, I think it's always amazing how parents of children that have been murdered really go into activism, you know? Oh, yeah. They like dig deep. They do. Do more than most of us do in a lifetime. So Oh, yeah. I always am like like marveled at their strength, especially Uh since I've seen a lot of parents of just like children that have died saying like, oh, you know, waking up every morning is like a revelation because you just remember again, like your child is dead. But for them to like be, they pick up and go on, you know? Um, So recently after another murder that happened near the same area of Carson Crimini, I'm probably mispronouncing his name, I'm sorry. um, It happened in 2019. um, He did speak out about anti-bullying again. Carson had died after hanging out with friends and they gave him a lethal dose of a drug they knew and they were like snapchatting it out and everything and he was obviously dying at that point in time um so manjeet has been heartbroken he even said at the beginning of this book of how even though he wants rena's death to mean something so the fact that this just keeps happening is very disheartening to him and his family because it's like i know but he doesn't know and will never know like mm-hmm. he may have saved like countless yes. other kids from bullying and like by this, his activism so definitely definitely um, Kelly Ellard has been quoted as saying that maybe Rena deserved to die. Rena what is wrong with her. I know Rena was a troubled teen, but so was Kelly. So, I mean, maybe the same goes for you, but also don't throw a stone. <laughs> if you live in a glass house, what is wrong with this? I think Manjeet put it perfectly in his book. He said, Rena was a typical teen who was trying to find her place and rebelling against the norms as many do, but she did not create the circumstances of her death. 
No, no. Very true. No, no, she was just trying to hang out with friends. She was, she, she did like and a lot so of like kids. poor choice things that, but she did not deserve to die. No. Absolutely not. And so many kids do that. So many kids hang out in the wrong crowd. So many kids smoke pot, drink, go out and party and like what she the fuck and parking lot. accepted and like have friends like any other teen. Yes. Um, one of my friends who has firsthand experience with the Canadian foster care system, I actually reached out to her because, as you know, I like to have a call to action, something yeah. beneficial at the end of these cases instead of just being like, here's your true crime case. Let's all be depressed now. Go cry. Yeah, yeah, I know. As this was a horrible case. And after chatting with her about what we could do, because, of course, the foster care system is a government run system. Mm -hmm. So you can't like donate you. I mean, the best you can do is like vote accordingly and, you know, try to write into your representatives about how you feel your province is being running run or even state. Um, but um, she suggested two programs to me. Big Brothers, Big Sisters. They're both mm -hmm. in, um, you know, Canada, we have it too. Yes. The yep. U.S. And the same with Boys and Girls Club. Yep. Both sides. Um, so this is about youth needing guidance and like mentoring mentees yes, and mentoring. Sometimes it can be troubled teens. Some of those kids do yeah. come out of the system. Some of those kids don't, some of them just need an additional ear, you know, someone to listen to them, be a mentor, a confidant outside of her, their own family mm -hmm. home. So if there's anyone that wants to be either an active member in this or even like donate, do anything in that it's, um, big brothers, big sisters, or the boys and girls club. I'll link them down in the description. Um, but I think they're both worthy causes to get involved with and help your own community. You oh, know? yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, again, like you may be like saving someone from something tragic. You never, you really never Making know. Making a difference. Mm -hmm. This was one night and it happened so quick and you just, you really don't know. And like you said to that point, how many children have the Verks saved inadvertently, like not really mm -hmm. even knowing, you know? Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's kind of all I have on Rena Verk. Oh, I know it's so heavy, heavy. but you've covered so much and like, yeah, shed so much light on like all the different aspects of it. Yeah. The wine that we tried today. What do you think? I like this wine. I needed wine to get through this cause it is so heavy. It's very, heavy. um, no, the wine is good. I would drink this wine again. What a crazy case. Oh, thanks for sharing. No, thanks for listening. I hope it shed some light and I hope it helps with anti-bullying and I don't know. I think it's worth mentioning just especially with Kelly or Carrie Marie Sims and her insanity. Oh, I know. I know. I roll. I know. I feel bad because at the beginning I was like being really berating to that woman, but I was talking more about the adult because I know everything that happens with it. I was like, okay. Yeah. Anyway. No. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Next week. Next week. Yeah. Next week. A Huda Media Production. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.